Hi, welcome to Stride Talks. Our talk episodes are where we sit down to chat through some of the questions that you, our listeners, have sent in. I'm Sophie and today I'm joined by Faye and Rose. Hey Sophie. Hi, thanks for having us today. This is Rose. Um, little intro. I'm 28. I'm from the Netherlands. I've lived in London for two and a half years now, I think. Yeah, two and a half years. Coming up to three actually quite quickly in September. Lockdown's been going for seven weeks and it's boring the hell out of me. Um, I'm very happy that we get to do this. Over to you, Faye. Hi, I'm Faye, uh, and thanks for having me here, Sophie. So I uh, I was a lawyer when I was in Canada, and uh, I moved to London two years ago. So now I'm working as a business consultant at a data company. So very excited to be here. And I'm Sophie. I'm a civil servant and a user researcher, which means that I basically talk to people for a living. And now I talk to people in my spare time as well. So clearly, I'm a lot more chatty than I ever realised. So I am a policy consultant. I work for a small business advisory firm in Fitzrovia, London, and we advise business on how to engage with government. <laughs> you say that's it, like it's just, you know, super easy, super straightforward. <laughs> I like how whenever anyone introduces their, their work, they're like, oh, I'm just a this, I'm just a that, yeah. It's very self-depreciating. That's true. That, we do mm-hmm. a lot of cool stuff. It's really fun what we do. <laughs> So today we're going to be looking at some questions that some of our listeners have shared about getting started in their new career, going along the lines of thought that a problem shared is a problem halved and reaching out for guidance is always a positive step. Our first question today is going to be, is it okay to ask for help at work? So I think I've already given a hint of my answer with the problem shared is a problem halved thing. Personally, I'm always really impressed when my colleagues are brave enough to ask for help when they need it. I think there's a really interesting thing around learning when you're far enough outside your comfort zone that you need to ask for help. So you're not overwhelming your colleagues. But broadly, my view is asking for help is a really positive thing and shows a lot of self-awareness. But Rose and Faye, I'd love to hear what you think about this. Yeah, I think it's definitely okay to ask for help. And especially for women, I think girls are sometimes very conscious about um, asking for help. And I think some people fear that asking for help is a sign of weakness, whereas I don't think that's necessarily the case. And I think if you have the self-awareness to understand an area that you don't necessarily know or that other people um, can help you. And I think that's actually a really good thing. Um, However, I do think that um, there is something about how to ask for help. So for example, I used to work with someone and whenever she asked for help, she would preface it by saying that, oh, you know, I I have a question and uh, I think it might be a stupid question, but blah, blah, Mm. blah. Or she would say something like, oh, I'm sorry, but I'm really confused and blah, blah, blah. But her questions were actually really intelligent. Um, But I think it's just by prefacing it, um, but just by kind of putting it in the context of her being stupid or her questions being stupid, I think that gives out not necessarily the the impression that she wants to, if that Mm. makes sense. I've seen that with so many people. And I can think of occasions when I've been guilty of it myself, um, sort of saying, I'm really sorry, but... or 
Oh, I know this is a really dumb question and it's so easy to fall into that trap of trying to almost apologise in advance for taking up someone's time when, especially if you're new to a job or you are doing something for the first time, it's completely reasonable to admit where your limits of your knowledge are and ask someone who knows more than you. Yeah, I don't think it's the end of the world to say that, oh, you know, uh, this might be a stupid question or, you know, um, this might have been discussed before, but maybe I didn't catch it. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Um, but it's, I, th- I guess it's just the constant kind of putting it in the context of, oh, I, I'm really confused or, or, oh, you know, I might be stupid or whatever. Um, I think that this show a lack of confidence and over kind of apologetic. Mm. Yeah, you want to be asking for help and seeing it as an opportunity for growth and not positioning yourself as someone who is asking the stupid questions. Like, it's okay to have ownership of the fact that you're asking questions. Because I think if you don't ask for help when you need it, you're setting yourself up for failure. And if you put yourself in that cycle of not asking and setting yourself up for failure, you won't have the self-belief to achieve your goals. But also, if you ask for help and you frame it to yourself as a weakness then yeah. even if you're taking advantage of the opportunities and the support you have you're still kind of breaking your own confidence down instead of building it up yeah. I think that's very true there's different ways in like in asking for help I think especially the tricky point is is when do you ask like a superior your manager mm. your direct manager or maybe someone else like and I think there it's really important that when you when you ask for help to first of all as exactly as you say not like talk yourself down but mm. but I do think it's important you say like this is my problem and these are already all the things that I've tried so that they can also see like oh this she has already already tried all these different things and they haven't worked so let me think about another angle because mm. sometimes people might be able to give you a different you haven't tried yeah. yet and I think it's important to set that out so that also like you have already like engaged with the problem you've tried to handle it and you've like it didn't work for xyz reasons and now you're stuck it's important to paint the whole picture when you ask for help rather than just ask the question yeah I do think you have to put a little bit of thought into I guess the kind of questions that you ask so if it's like a really obvious question that you could just maybe google try googling yeah. first <laughs> yeah I do think it's okay to ask for help but then at the same time um I, I do think you need to put a little bit of thought into the kind of questions that you're asking and mm-hmm. and if you actually tried and if you just aren't able to come up with the answer yourself or find the answer yourself then it's completely okay to ask and I think your colleagues and your superiors will be understanding of the effort that yeah. you made and it's also partly Definitely. I think a, a view on like on like how you manage your time at work because that is that is always very important how you prioritize your tasks and how you manage your time and if you if you can go to someone and say like i've spent this much time trying to figure it out i can spend another three hours but i don't think that's valuable so could you please help me out and maybe we can get it done in like 15 minutes or something yeah and also mm. i think it's also about i guess building relationships mm. too because sometimes I would ask questions and, and then I would ask people who I don't necessarily work with um, questions. And I think um, that does give them an introduction of me. So that does help kind of build a relationship with them through asking them questions about the areas that they are really familiar with. And I think in that way, um, it's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think being able to take asking for help and make it into like a broader learning experience is really good if you know that there's somewhere that in that moment it doesn't matter that you don't have the knowledge but over time it's somewhere where you'll benefit from having a deeper understanding of it 
it's a good way to like show your foresight yeah. but yeah. I think one thing that Rose said that really resonated with me was about knowing the right time to ask it's like you nailed it when you're like in the final round and you've got that panic button and you, you're like when do I hit the panic button do I hit it right at the start and get Jacques to come over and be like this is what you do these are all the special tips or do you wait until you've got the fine detail at the end and you know it's such a case-by-case thing to try and figure yeah. out I think it's really about striking striking a balance of course um I, I think what I've learned from mm-hmm. in my current role over the past few past few months especially is that my colleague and I my direct colleague and I we've gone over a document a couple of times and that could have done gone much better if like in the beginning we would have agreed what the expectations would be from the document like what do we want it to look like in the end what is it that we mm-hmm. want and like outline some bullet points together like this is actually what the story that we want to tell and then see if we maybe need to reshuffle it because we've it ha- it's happened a few times that I've put together a whole bunch of research and I've structured it in a way that we thought made sense and then we go back and then suddenly we change it all over again because apparently we wanted actually something else. And like making sure that at the start of some- starting something new, you kind of set the expectations right, then you can kind of fall back on that when you also ask your questions. Be like, I thought this is what we said we would do, but I'm not sure if this makes sense anymore. Getting mm-hmm. yeah. a collaborative yeah. space from the beginning rather than just charging off on your own into a certain direction I think is quite helpful yeah yeah having a brief in project work early on Mm. is so good yeah because in my current capacity as well I am on a lot of technical projects so um, which require a lot of technical knowledge which I don't have so I have to ask a lot of questions and I do find that uh, so whenever I am I have to do something and sometimes I don't know how to do it uh, my my natural inclination is to try to figure it out myself. Um, but I found that um, actually it's really helpful to get the help early so that people can point me to the right direction so that I don't actually uh, spend a lot of time um, on my own just uh, uh, looking at um, things that don't necessarily help. Whereas I could uh, use my time more efficiently if I know uh, the right direction and where I should be looking. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something about being able to use your time efficiently that we think about asking for help as being something that's quite particular to people who are early in their career. But once you're in a position where you are more senior and so I'm really lucky at the moment in that I have the luxury of kind of setting the direction of my research projects a little bit. So I get to decide what my outputs are going to be and kind of make that call on what will help my team the most. But being able to step back and then ask for wider input to ask people for their views and for criticism and help is so valuable and I think if you can learn to do that early on in your career and really be comfortable taking on other people's input then when you do get to a point where you're able to direct what your work should look like a bit more I think you'll be able to work better yeah I think that's a really good point because as you said um, when we talk about asking for help it's usually in the context of uh, you know maybe a junior person asking their colleagues or people who are more senior for help but I do think even if you're in a senior position it's still really really valuable to ask for help and I think the most effective I guess leaders that I've worked with in my experience they are not afraid to you know ask for help or ask for feedback from their peers or even you know people who are not were technically uh, working under them and to ask for feedback and to action it as well I think that's so important because it's really easy to kind of pay lip service to asking Mm -hmm. for help or to like go through the motions when you don't have that 
accountability that someone who's maybe a little bit more junior and is going to be under the microscope a bit more has if you are able to show people that you're genuinely invested in their input it's so powerful yeah I feel like we've basically reached a consensus though like the question is is it okay to ask for help and work and we're like yes ask for help in a mindful way cool I like it so our second question today is one that I think links back to the first one, particularly something that Faye said about asking people outside your discipline for help. This question is, what's the point of networking? So to my mind, there are lots of good reasons for networking to establish a group of people who you can trust, maybe who are senior to you, that you can go to for advice and guidance, or like Faye said, to go to people who are outside your discipline for input to me networking is really powerful and finding opportunities to grow your career whether that's by finding out about events or projects you can get involved with inside or outside work or hearing about new job opportunities maybe before the ad work goes live Mm -hmm. if you're lucky I think one of the things that took me quite a long time to sort of get my head around when I was new to my job was um, something that Alexa Schoen touched on in our very first episode which was the difference between going to networking events and building your own network. And I feel like building your own network is super, super powerful. But sometimes you do that by going to networking events, which can be just so cringe. Do you guys have any thoughts on this? Never been to a networking event. I've been to a network there, but I've never gone to like a networking event just for the sake of networking. Oh, you're missing out. They usually have very small dry pastries or like some other kind of snack that's nodding to the idea that it's a social event. Yeah, Yeah, very weird. (laughs) I think it's more of a thing in North America. That's my impression. Um, I think they're a lot more prevalent in North America. Um, compared to like in Europe but yeah I've been to a lot of them and especially in the start of my career I think you know they just I organize a ton of networking events and then you just talk to people and it's really really artificial and it's Mm. it it just feels really weird It, it is very cringy yeah it's not really my favorite and I think you're put in a very kind of artificial environment to talk to people and um, yeah I I think I would actually prefer events where you can network but events that are not just about networking so for example like a conference or like a seminar or like a discussion and that kind of thing so you can actually meet like-minded people um, and interesting people but you're not just there to meet people you're there for a purpose but you can actually meet a lot of interesting people Mm -hmm. that way I feel like the most successful networking events I've been to have been the ones where it's not about the networking. So like I went mm-hmm. for a, I went to a conference recently as part of some uh, professional development training I was doing and we had um, like really regular breakouts scheduled. Um, so this was all via Zoom and they would just um, because obviously lockdown, everything is via Zoom now. They would just spin everyone out into these little breakout rooms of maybe three to five people. And you would have your kind of 15 minute tea break and everyone would spend the first five minutes like going, getting a drink or whatever. And then you come back and you would just chat because it was so low pressure, such a small group. It was really easy. And I feel like you're right when you've got that common thread or you've all just seen the same talk or done the same activity. Like it's so much easier to find something to talk about. But when you're in that almost um sort of grad fair environment where you know maybe everyone's in their first job and Mm -hmm. you're all 
feeling really nervous and networking has sort of taken on this really daunting powerful image in your head that like you must network you must mingle it's the way to get ahead and you don't really know who you're meant to be mingling with or networking with because everyone in the room is a grad so mm, yeah exactly it's really weird really exactly the most difficult um, thing yeah. is how to end a conversation rather than to start one. I think there's so many easy, yes. easy like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to talk to this person about something. Or especially if you've just seen an event, you can be like, oh, the, the speaker said this and this and this. What do you think of that? Or did you pick that up? Or what did you think? You know, then it's quite easy to, to discuss something with someone. But like ending a conversation is so hard because you're like, okay, this is clearly not going anywhere. Or there's no like immediate opportunity for network. And I actually have another another point about that later. So then how do you move on from that conversation? How do you go be like, okay, this was fun, bye. You can't really do that. So I think it's it's tricky. Uh, but I think the a networking event or a network breakout or something, it's very easy and accepted to say, um, it was really nice chatting to you. I'm going to mingle with some other people. I'm going to, or I'm just going to network with other people because that's why you're there. So you have a reason to end yeah. the conversation. You know, you can exchange business cards to be like, here's my card. It was nice to you. It was yeah. nice getting to know you. Let's stay in touch. I'm going to mingle with some people because that's the reason you're there. So that's, that's totally fine. Yeah. I think some people just say, oh, I'm going to grab a drink or I'm going to go grab some food and then just exit and then the never conversation. Come back. <laughs> yeah exactly it's or like i'm gonna use the toilet yeah <laughs> yeah also like yeah but like it's like at a networking event it's totally accepted to say like i'm ending this conversation because i'm networking but then like of course in a nicer way yeah because you have to pretend that it's an organic conversation that you're just there to enjoy your conversation oh, whereas yeah. it's supposedly is to yeah. network and i think one of the most important things i've learned it, over the past few years is that you never know who in your network might be able to give you something in the future or what you might be able to do for someone in the future. So it doesn't really, at the same mm. time, at these networking events, if nothing comes up out of it straight away, that doesn't mean it was wasted time. You can go back yeah, a maybe. year or you can go by a year and and think about, oh, I remember I met this person there last year. Let's see what they're up to. And suddenly you see that they're working at a firm that you might have an interest in. And you can write to them and be like, hey, remember we chatted last year? Even though then maybe they didn't work there yet. Maybe they now do. You know, people people move. They change jobs. They learn things. They try new things out. So, And the same goes for you. Maybe you don't have anything to mm -hmm. offer someone right here, right now. But you might be in a position where you can in the future. And that is, I think, you should something you should really keep in mind when you talk to someone. Like, you also have something to offer. Maybe not right here, right now, but you might have in the future. And that is, that's why you're there, just to, to broaden your network and talk to people and see who you meet and get in touch with. Definitely. I think having that mindset as well helps to bring the kind of yeah. humanity back into those conversations. Because it's really easy, like you're saying, to kind of meet someone and be like, okay, what can we do for each other? Let's get on each other's radars. Let's add each other on LinkedIn. And let's move on because that's how we're kind of programmed or that's how you're sold um, the idea yeah. of these events. It's very like conveyor belt networking. But the most powerful networking that I've ever done has been when I've gone for coffee with someone who someone in my team has put me in touch with. And you sit down and have that real human moment where you tell each other about your career journeys and your aspirations and you click and that's when I think, for me, I've been able to 
grow my network in a way that's helped me get those links professionally but also you know build my personal confidence and my professional abilities and be able to start planning for the next step or for you know how I might approach something differently in a really powerful way exactly Mm -hmm. I think you're very right it's also about like sustaining that relationship not just to add each other on LinkedIn and forget about it this might just be my personal preference but I feel like if someone says oh you're doing this you should really talk to so-and-so if someone has taken the time to make a recommendation of a person that I might get along with or that I might be able to learn from I want to make the most of that advice Mm -hmm. and so if I can take them somewhere where we can give each other our full attention for even 15 minutes then that's showing them that I'm not just invested in what they can give me, but that I'm genuinely interested in learning about them, which, yeah, yeah, like yeah, now I have that who I WhatsApp, yeah, like often, and people who I've stayed in touch with, even though we don't work in the same place anymore, and it's just really And nice. that's one of the best follow-ups anyway, I think, after, like, meeting someone and getting their card or connecting with them on LinkedIn, being like, are you free for a coffee maybe next week? It's the easiest way to connect with someone Definitely. and have a coffee, yeah. sit down, have a chat, it's also because it's such a short time frame it's kind of ideal you can make it 20 minutes 30 minutes and that's just coffee if it wasn't great lost 30 minutes but i doubt you ever lose anything from these kind of conversations because like i said you never know i had a definitely i had a boss who had that mindset a while ago and um one of the things that i really valued about him was if you said oh i met someone who does this at this event and I'm just going to go and grab lunch with them or grab coffee with them. He would always say, well, take an extra half hour. Like, you know, you if you've scheduled this much time, you never know if you'll get on. Make sure that you're making the most of the time and you don't have to rush away if they don't have to. And I feel like if you can, if you have a boss who values your building of your personal relationships with your professional network, that's really, really powerful. But it's also one of the things that has stayed with me so much that, I think when I have someone who I line manage, if I have the luxury of being able to give them that time, it would be so nice to just to be able to help them see the value of that approach as well as being able to do Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And also from like, I guess that one on one perspective, I think you should also not be afraid to uh, reach out to people if you're interested in what they're doing. Like I've reached out to people on LinkedIn uh, and because they are working in an area that I was interested in or I'm really interested in what they're doing and I've had really good conversations with them. So that kind of, so it is a little bit, I guess, uncomfortable to just reach out to someone that you never met, that you never talked to. Um, But I do think a lot of people are really willing to help and it's actually very I think a lot of people find it very flattering that you are interested in what they do. So um, they are very uh, willing to help you if you have uh, questions for them. Hmm. You see that on government Twitter a lot and agile or user research Twitter communities where people will just put a question and loads of people or they'll say, you know, can I does anyone know someone who can help with this project? And loads of people will comment linking to someone who they think can help or can put them in touch with someone who can help. And you get, I guess, a similar thing where you're being put in touch with people who maybe you wouldn't necessarily be able to approach without that uncomfortable interaction mm-hmm. at first. But having an intermediary can really help. And yeah, yeah I've n- I'm not often brave enough to reach out to people directly on LinkedIn. But mm. I do find that if you can have someone who you can ask for recommendations that's really helpful and the thing is people are 
often always happy to first of all talk about themselves everybody is interested in get, being asked questions so that is a really easy easy opener and people are always kind of willing to help i find you know if you ask someone like can you give me a recommendation it's very rare that people be like no <laughs> it's quite mostly people are more than happy mm. to help because they know what it's like to be in either in your position or or they're just happy to help or you know most people are happy to help and we shouldn't forget that Absolutely. Yeah. And I think so many people have been in that position where someone has helped them mm. and they want to pay it forward. Exactly. Yeah. And also going back to what Rose was saying, there's also something that you can yeah. offer as well. So maybe right now you're in a junior position that maybe you there's very little that you can offer. But I do think there is something about uh, the fact that you will grow and you will, you know, do different things. And uh, um, it is also I think a lot of people are willing to help because they also think that you know maybe one day um you'll be helpful yeah. for can i give them. an example from a series i'm watching okay so yeah, Walking Moms, this woman kate Love works at a pr firm called gays so and then leaves there and starts to set up her own firm um and then like a year later she hires her old boss i know <laughs> but she's like is. she can she can afford him she she knows what he's worth and he was bored in the old company and she's like i can offer you like a new fresh opportunity come work for me and it's just like switching around and like I know it's an example of a series but I don't think I think it is a great example of how you will grow and you will do things and you can offer things to other people even though they might be older it does that doesn't really matter yeah and you do hear about people doing that in real life especially like when people who run consultancies or agencies you every so often you'll tend to get like splinter groups where loads of people will leave at yeah. once to set up their own company and you do tend to see over time people kind of migrating over there because they think it's where they can work with people who they know and trust, but they have that fresh opportunity and freshness of exactly. ideas. So for you guys, do you have a number one tip for networking? That's a tough one. I think, first of all, what we've, what we've already covered, like, don't be afraid to talk because you also have something to offer. Right? It's, I think it's about, mm -hmm. it's, it's difficult and it can be daunting at first to approach people and just start up a random conversation, but that's why you're there. And that's what people expect you to do. So you can get over the awkward introduction, even by saying like, this feels awkward, but you know, I arrived here today to talk to people. So how are you doing? You know, that's okay. That's, that's cool. I think that's the first one. I think the the second one that I think is really helpful and an easy, easy way in is to go from like an event, write down this, this sentence that you heard and that resonated with you and like ask somebody about it and be like, oh, the speaker said this and this. I think they meant that or I think that was really interesting for X, Y, Z reasons. What do you think? So, Such you know, hopefully tip. they've also picked on it or they might come back with like, oh, actually, I didn't really catch that part. But this section I thought was really interesting. Oh, yeah. And always carry all your business cards because no matter how old fashioned they are, it is still the easiest and quickest way to exchange <laughs> contact information. And everyone oh, loves a business card. There's something so nice. Do you? I love getting I love them, getting a business but I don't card. like handing out mine because they're all blue and grey. Oh, see, I don't have I any. I don't hate so them. They're, do they're, they're, they're fine. <laughs> they're fine. <laughs> What's the yeah. best, though, is when you get someone who's got a really fancy one and it's like textured paper, maybe with the kind of like foil embossing and you look at it and you're like, yeah. oh, you are good to know. If this is yeah. your card, I know. it oh, matters boy. though. Oh yeah, and people yeah. save the nice cards. True. Yeah, that would be tip number three, mm. I guess. Um, what about you? Yeah, I did have to say I recycled the the stack of business cards that I got over the years because I just didn't know what to do with them. 
what do you mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, but because you add them in, you add them on LinkedIn or whatever, right? And then you don't really necessarily go back yeah, to the business card. Yeah, that's true. Well, the business card is yeah. And after time, like their email and their phone will change. So if you yeah, have exactly. them on LinkedIn or somewhere, then you know it's more more of a dynamic yeah. contact. I do list. think I always take yeah. pictures of them and I I store them somewhere. Mm, that that um, that's better. Cross them out. Yeah, mm. just in case. You know. I guess my I guess my tip would be to practice. And I think it's also a matter of, you know, um, with experience, you'll yeah. feel more comfortable um, attending those networking events and talking to people, talking to strangers. I do think it, it is a skill that you kind of develop over time, just like anything else. So you will get more confident and more comfortable talking to people and connecting with people and maintaining that kind of relationship um, over time. So maybe when you first graduate, when you're first attending those events, it's really awkward and you don't know how to open up a conversation. You don't know how to exit a conversation gracefully. <laughs> but um, if you've gone, gone to a lot of those events, you'll get a hang of it and you will be more confident and you will get a lot out of those conversations, hopefully. Yeah, like don't put too much pressure mm -hmm. on yourself when you go for the first time or for the second time even, you know? If you end up not talking to anyone and just listening to the event and then be like, okay, well, this was fun, but I don't feel like it or I'm not up for it, that's okay, you know? If you, or if, yeah. yeah, you've still learned something Or if you've only talked to one there. person, that's okay, you know? It's fine. Just go again next time and then try yeah. again and like... Yeah, anyway. or if you exit in a really awkward way the next time you're shuffle out back shuffle out backwards <laughs> and i think also like for some people that kind of mingling approach to networking is never going to be what they're yeah. most comfortable with and they can practice it but maybe if there are other ways that people can find to make connections with people like as we do more online stuff in lockdown maybe that will continue in the future so yeah finding what you're comfortable with and and like they said practicing and having your little hooks that you write down is all really powerful tools to take that artificial experience and make it more organic feeling or somewhere where you feel more in control of it yeah yep. rose and faith thank you so much for your time today it's been just an absolute treat talking to you both especially given how long it is that since oh, yeah. I saw you in person <laughs> thank you both so much for your time and for your advice and I hope that you've enjoyed giving it as well as people will enjoy it was great listening thank to you very it. much for having yeah, us it was really fun. you're very welcome listeners you can send us your questions we would love to help answer them it can be really tough navigating a new career on your own and you just don't have to we're here to help you can dm us on twitter or instagram or you can submit a question through our website, stridewomen.com forward slash ask. And we will be glad to chat it through. We may not find an exact answer, but hopefully somewhere along the spectrum of conversation, we'll find something that helps you out. So thank you for listening. Yay. Goodbye till next time. You can subscribe to our podcasts on Spotify and Anchor and make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter for the latest updates. We're at stride underscore women. See you soon.